Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we're going to be previewing the second half of Feast Week for college basketball, another way of calling Thanksgiving week. Uh, so we're going to be focusing on the games that are going to be taking place Wednesday through Saturday. We're going to be talking about three holiday tournaments of eight teams each that are going to be tipping off Wednesday and Thursday. We're going to be talking about giving a quick profile of all those teams and some names to watch, names to target when you set your DraftKings or FanDuel lineups. Um, so make sure you listen all the way through the podcast. If you're listening on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, all this information is still good, I promise. Um, stay tuned later on during the day. I will have another college football preview coming up. Um, if you look at the podcast feed, we got a lot of sports going on right now, so we got a lot of different podcasts coming out. Earlier in the week, we had a Feast Week preview part one for college basketball. Some of those games will still be going on today. And then we also had an NFL Thanksgiving DFS preview and a college football preview for Friday's games. So um, pretty much we're giving you guys a lot of menu items. Just pick what you like. But we got a lot of sports going on right now and a lot of content coming out, including this one right here on college basketball. So if you want my full DFS lineups for college basketball or any other sport, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks for extra stats and facts that I don't get to here on the podcast, as well as answering any lineup or start sit questions. All right, let's start talking about these three holiday tournaments. First up is the Battle for Atlantis. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. <laughs> So before we start talking about the battle for Atlantis, I do want to kind of clarify what the purpose of this podcast is. I'm going to be going over each team's kind of basic profile, given their ranking in Ken Palm and their ranking in Tempo, to know whether or not, hey, you know, is this team any good? And, you know, how fast do they play? You know, a lot of these games don't have over-unders yet, so that Tempo rating is going to be key in determining that. And also, I'm going to be trying to give at least two or three guys on every team to look out for, guys that you can put in your DFS lineups, whether or not we know the price, guys that I am going to be playing upcoming this weekend. All right, so let's dive into it. The Battle for Atlantis has games that are taking place Wednesday through Friday in the Bahamas. Uh, it also takes place in a ballroom in the Atlantis Resort, which is kind of a unique venue. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, it's one of the best fields in a holiday tournament. In my opinion, it might be second to the Maui Invitational. I think that it's better than all the other ones. Anyway, because these games are starting today, Wednesday, uh, salaries are out for six of the eight teams. They're in the early slate on DraftKings. So I'm going to be kind of speculating about the salaries on the last two, but the first six are all applicable. All right, so Tipping off today at the Battle for Atlantis is NC State. NC State is currently ranked 69 in Ken Palm, and they're ranked 54 in Tempo. For this team, everything runs through the four guards. Those are Smith, Joyner, Clark, and Marcel. Because of the DraftKings pricing and their usage, Clark would probably be my pick uh, among the four of them if I were to play one of them. Their big is named Dusan Mahorchich. He's pretty much their only big. He plays about 24 minutes a game around thereabout and they're going to need him against a team that has any kind of sides because they run four out they're not going to play a whole lot of bigs off the bench so they're going to need Mahorchich to play big minutes and step up and play big so uh particularly maybe not against Kansas today but down the road if they play a team you know Dayton or Wisconsin in round two they're going to need that size from Mahorchich and I think he's a very interesting play on DraftKings because of that Next up is Kansas, who is currently ranked 11 in Ken Palm, and they're ranked 70 in Tempo. 
Jalen Wilson has been outstanding so far this season for them, but I just don't know if I can get there on the price tag. He's over $10,000 today, and that is a lot to be spending on one player, even if he is the quality of Jalen Wilson. Now, when cost is considered, I really like Dewan Harris. He's a guard that's kind of taken on the kind of point guard role there in Kansas, and he just kind of makes things go offensively. Uh, they use him in a variety of ways. He gets fantasy points from stuff other than scoring, rebounds, assists, steals. So I think he's a really good option given the cost. The University of Dayton, the Flyers, they are ranked 37 on Ken Palm and they're ranked 339 in tempo. Do not be fooled by that tempo number. This team will come out and press occasionally. And when they get out in transition, they do run it. Uh, the tempo rating is slow because generally when they get in the half court, they tend to get bogged down a little bit and they run a really slow offense in the half court, but they can get up and down in transition when they want to. Now for Dayton, Deron Holmes II is their best player, no doubt about it. He is kind of taking over the OB Toppin role in that offense of a dominant big who runs ball screens a lot, you know, gets used on the block a lot and can take advantage of a lot of matchups. And he's really good. He's, he's going to be a name to look at if you are an NBA guy. He's going to get drafted this upcoming NBA draft. Tumani Kamara, the Georgia transfer, has a lot of upside also. He's probably their second best overall player. He's more of a, you know, not really a stretch four, but just an athletic four that doesn't really play the five. He is turned into a rebounding machine this season so far, and he's got a lot of upside in fantasy because of that rebounding. Malachi Smith has played one game so far this season. He is the point guard. He is the engine that makes everything go offensively. They use him in ball screens a lot. He gets to the rack a lot. Like He's just a guy that makes that team go. They're a different team when he plays. So because he's playing his second game, this is going to mean less usage for Kobe Elvis and Mongolian Mike Sharv jumps. Uh, Elvis and Sharv jumps have both had good starts to the season, but with Malachi Smith there, their upside is definitely limited. I really like Sharv jumps as a player last week on DraftKings when he was in the $5,000 range, but now that he's in the $6,000 range, I think he's kind of priced out given his role with Malachi active. Now, another guy as a value to look out for is Mustafa Amzil. He's really the only backup forward that they play. Um, he's kind of a 3-4. He's got a little bit of an old man game. He doesn't get off the ground very much, um, but he gets a lot of rebounds, and he knocks down open threes, and he's used as a part of their offense when he does play. So he's definitely a value play to consider. So looking at this Dayton team, I'm more likely to play Holmes, Kamara, or Smith than anybody else because those three guys see the most usage. But if you're looking for value, um, Mustafa Amzil is the value guy for that team. Wisconsin is currently ranked 41 in Kempom and 305 in Tempo. Now, I'm not interested in Wall at his current price tag. He was a guy I was all over on the preseason and in night one because he was priced in the $6,000 range. He's priced out of that now. I'm not interested. And I think that especially today, going up against Deron Holmes is going to be tough because Holmes is going to have the athleticism advantage inside. Now, the guy that I do like for Wisconsin is Steven Crowell, as long as he stays under $6,000. And I also like the little brother of Johnny Davis, Jordan Davis. To me, he has a lot of upside at $4,500. We all know what his brother did last year. This team is going to need scoring out of the guard position because, like I said, I don't think they're going to get it out of the bigs, at least today. And so Jordan Davis could be that guy that provides them a little bit of scoring punch at the guard spot. BYU is currently ranked 57 in Ken Palm and ranked 49 in Tempo. 
Fusaini Traore has a lot of ways to score fantasy points. He doesn't just score it. He gets rebounds, assists, steals blocks. He's just a really athletic forward. Uh, he's really fun to watch. I was really hoping BYU would you know, have a better run in March last year than they did. But he is a fun guy to watch because of his athleticism. Now, one of my favorite value plays of the slate is Spencer Johnson at $4,700. I think that's kind of a misprice, and I think he has carved out a steady, consistent role with this team, and I will take that out of a guy who's only $4,700 on DraftKings. BYU's opponent, USC, is currently ranked 62 in Ken Palm and 103 in Tempo. Looking at USC so far this season, Drew Peterson has become their high-usage guy. He is a legitimate triple-double threat. Um, he just has to play enough minutes and be used enough to get it, but I think that he will at some point this season. Boogie Ellis is a good scoring guard, but I think his upside is limited because that's basically all he does. I would be much more likely to play Peterson than Ellis. Now, a guy I do like for USC is Joshua Morgan. He is their primary big man, and he is $6,200 on DraftKings today. Now, these next two teams, I'm going to be speculating on the pricing a little bit because of the fact that they're playing later tonight. They're not on the early slate on DraftKings. Butler is ranked 87 in Ken Palm and 106 in Tempo. And Butler is a very starting five heavy team. They get a lot of minutes and a lot of production out of their five starters, not really dipping into the bench a whole lot. Manny Bates is their big. He's an NC State transfer. He is an elite level shot blocker but he's not high usage offensively. So when the price tag for him rolls in, if he's in the 7K range, I'd probably be interested. But if he's up in the 8s and 9s like he's this superstar offensive guy, no, I'm not interested at all. They do have three guards that I think are legitimate options to play. They all have some usage. They all get a lot of minutes. They all are pretty good players. And that's Harris, Lukosius, and Taylor. And I would rank them in that order. So if the DraftKings pricing has Harris or Lukosius down near the bottom, those would be two guys I would be willing to scoop any day of the week. Last team in the battle for Atlantis is Tennessee. They are currently ranked 6 in Ken Palm and 183 in tempo. They are only eight deep, but they are very balanced. And honestly, I wouldn't be intrigued to play anybody on this team if they were over $7,000. Josiah Jordan James has the most upside. He's probably the guy that's likely to be at that $7,000 number. Uh, and then followed by Santiago Vescovi, he's probably their second highest upside player. Um, he, I've played him a lot in my DraftKings lineups over the last two, three years because he generally comes in in the 5K range. And he's a guy that you know, with his shooting ability and, you know, they use him as a facilitator. He's got a lot of upside for a guy if they price him in the 5k range. All right, that does it for the battle for Atlantis. Let's switch on over and talk about one of those two tournaments going up in Oregon. So the two tournaments taking place in the great state of Oregon are the Phil Knight Legacy and the Phil Knight Invitational. Gee, I wonder who's sponsoring this tournament. Anyway, the Phil Knight Legacy and the Phil Knight Invitational are two separate fields. They're tipping off with games Thursday through Saturday, and they feature local Oregon teams as well as some national powerhouses. So let's go ahead and dive into the Phil Knight Legacy. So leading this field is Duke. They're currently ranked 9 in Ken Palm and 244 in Tempo. Kyle Filipowski has had an outstanding start to the season and to his college career, and he can continue it against any team that is undersized. If I'm looking and I see a team that doesn't have a dominant big, I'm plugging Filipowski into my lineup, no questions asked. Last time Duke was on a DraftKings slate, I thought that Jeremy Roach and Jacob Grandison were overpriced. And 
I would like to see the price on them down before they become an interesting play. I need to see them at least below $6,000 before I'm interested in playing them. Tyrese Proctor is another guy for Duke that he really intrigues me. I think he's got a lot of upside, but I need to see what his price tag is first. Duke's first matchup in this tournament is Oregon State, who has a Ken Palm of 241 excuse me, and a Tempo rating of 276. This team has a clear big three in this order of Taylor Jr., Pope, and Akano. Uh, those three I would be intrigued to play as long as they're reasonable cost. Rodrigue Andela and Dimitri Rayuni are their two bigs. So if they're looking to play a bigger lineup against a team like Duke or against a team like Florida or Xavier, Andela and Rayuni are the two guys that are going to get those increased minutes. Florida is currently ranked number 36 in Ken Palm and number 50 in Tempo. Their team runs around Colin Castleton and Kyle Lofton. Castleton, the Michigan transfer, is a dominant big. I believe he currently averages 25 and 10. He is a true seven-footer. He is a true force to be reckoned with inside, and I have no problem playing with him as long as he's not over $11,000. Kyle Lofton is the point guard that is a St. Bonaventure transfer. That The longer the season goes on, the more usage the more you know, we're going to see him get involved in this offense because they need a scoring guard alongside Castleton. Will Richard might be the third guy that I would play from this team, but I wouldn't play him if he's over $6,000 on DraftKings. Next up is Xavier. They currently have a Ken Palm of 33 and are 73rd in tempo. Nunji, Fremantle, and Colby Jones are their clear big three. Nunji is the true five. Fremantle is a big old four, and both of these guys can board it can score it, and can facilitate with the ball in their hands. They're both really skilled big men. Colby Jones is the guard that makes everything go. And in my opinion, all three of these guys are playable if they're $8,000 or below on DraftKings. I really think that since the usage runs through the three of them so much, at that price, they will be very, very playable. Purdue is ranked 26 in Ken Palm and 326 in Tempo. This team is all about the 7'4", Zach Eady. He's another dominant big that if a team doesn't have a lot of size, put him into your lineup. Now, in my opinion, no other player on this team should be over $6,000. Braden Smith would probably be the closest to that number. And one guy to look out for is if Eady ever gets in foul trouble or gets run off the floor, gets tired, Caleb First is going to be the guy that gets those minutes. So he is the other name that I'm looking out for on this team. West Virginia has a Ken Palm of 39 and a tempo of, well, they're 208th in tempo. They play 10 guys over 13 minutes per game. That is quite a lot because what it means is you're going to get a lot of these guys with, you know, not really defined roles that are all going to give you a little bit of a fantasy punch, but their upside is going to be capped because their minutes are going to be capped. Among those 10 guys, they have six guys that are over 20 minutes a game, none that are more than 29 minutes a game. I believe that Trey Mitchell will end up as their best fantasy option as the season goes on. He's a transfer from Texas and previously a transfer from UMass. He's really talented, really good down low, and he can shoot from deep, and he's a good shot blocker. So I think that he's a very interesting fantasy option as the season goes on, but I don't really know what his role is right now because of those inconsistent minutes. Emmett Matthews Jr. is always a solid option. He has been for the past two seasons. If he is priced appropriately, I probably wouldn't be interested if he's over $7,000. Portland State, one of the local Oregon flair for this tournament. 
Uh, they are ranked 261 on Ken Palm and 22 in tempo. So this is a fast team. We want to target this team because they're going to get a lot of possessions and they're not that good defensively. Now, Satterfield, Woods, and Parker are three guys on this team to look out for. I'm interested to see the price tags. DraftKings has a tendency to mess up prices of mid-majors like a Portland State. So if one of those three guys is a value play, I'm jumping on it immediately. Again, those names are Satterfield, Woods, and Parker. Portland State's opponent, poor guys. Their opponent is Gonzaga, who is currently ranked three in Ken Palm and 10 in Tempo. Somehow, Julian Strother leads this team in rebounding, not Drew Timmy, which is surprising. I don't know if that'll continue, but Strother's definitely an option to consider. And then their two guards... One of these guys has to end up taking hold of the point guard role and making this offense better, and that is Nolan Hickman and Malachi Smith. Simply put, Gonzaga needs a point guard. Like They need one of these guys to step up and be that guy, and neither of them have really done it yet, so I'm going to be interested to see if one of them does it because whichever one of them does is going to be an immediate fantasy viable option the second they do. All right. That does it for the Phil Knight legacy. Now let's switch on over to the Invitational. The Phil Knight Invitational has a field that is headlined by the North Carolina Tar Heels. While they are currently number one in the AP poll, they are currently only ranked 17 on Ken Palm, and they are 122nd in tempo. They are a very starting five heavy team. All five guys play over 30 minutes per game. Armando Baycott has been outstanding to start the year. If they play a team that lacks size in the middle, he is a guy I'm going after. Caleb Love and RJ Davis, as long as the price is below seven grand, they're okay to play in my opinion. Um, they just, I don't know, they kind of cancel each other out. So if you ever play one and end up in a game where the other gets in foul trouble or the other gets injured or something like that, then that's an immediate increase in value. But, you know, they kind of both cap each other's upside because they have similar skill sets. Now, Leaky Black for Carolina is a guy that I play a lot, like over his, this is his fourth year now, and I just think he's a guy that he is playable in DraftKings a lot because he's priced only at about $4,700 typically, and he's a guy that puts up fantasy points in a variety of ways. He doesn't have to score it. He gets rebounds. He gets assists. He gets steals and blocks, and he's really effective when they get out in transition. And so he's a guy that has a lot of upside at a low price tag, and he's going to be on the floor because of his defense and because of his facilitating abilities. Portland is UNC's first opponent, and they're ranked 130 in Ken Palm and 67 in Tempo. Tyler Robertson is their best player and their best option. Um, one thing to look out for, though, is they have a guard, Mike Meadows, who has missed the last two games. If he plays, he's a really solid option. If he does not play... Um, I couldn't go back and find this, but if he does not play, I believe there was a guard who was getting increased minutes. Just check your game logs, check your status on Mike Mitchell before you set any Portland guys into your lineup. Iowa State is currently ranked 53 in Ken Palm and 178 in Tempo. Uh, might as well start calling Iowa State the Bonnies because their two best options in fantasy are St. Bonaventure transfers. Jaron Holmes is their best offensive player, and he kind of does it all. So he's going to be a very interesting guy to see where he is priced. And then Asun Asuni from St. Bonaventure originally is a very solid big down low, but he doesn't get a lot of minutes yet. And so maybe, you know, playing in one of these holiday tournaments, maybe he starts getting more minutes, maybe he starts getting more run, but he's a really good option if those minutes increase because his production per minute is pretty good. 
Aljaz Kuntz. I hope I said that correctly. I'm pretty sure I got the last name right, Kuntz. I've, I've heard that one before. He is their primary big. He's more of a finesse, though. He's not really a shot blocker. He's not really a presence on the low post, um, but he is their primary big that they play. You know, like I said, he's been getting minutes ahead of Asuni, and I kind of think that as the season goes on, we're going to see more Asuni or more of Kuntz at the four, Asuni at the five. Villanova is currently ranked 32nd on Ken Palm and 354 on Tempo. Uh, they're a very slow basketball team. They play rock fights. like They're like a Texas Tech or a Virginia. They play hard defense. They're not going to score a whole lot of points. So generally speaking, I want to avoid teams that are playing against Villanova. They have a clearly defined big three of Dixon, Daniels, and Slater. And honestly, I'm not interested in anybody else on this Villanova team outside of those three. UConn is currently ranked 20 in Ken Palm and 136 in Tempo. They are a very deep team. They've played a lot of guys so far, a lot of different minutes totals. So we'll kind of see how that goes once they start playing better competition in these tournaments. And in crunch time, I think that Sonogo and Newton are their two guys. And so those are going to be the two guys that, like I said, when they start playing close games, those are going to be the guys who see increases in usage. Alex Caraban is also an interesting play to me at the right price tag. I would say if he's in the 5K range, he's a guy I would be very, very interested in. Oregon is currently ranked 38 in Kempom and 212 in Tempo. Nefali Dante is a double-double guy for Oregon, and against any team that lacks size, he's going to be a legitimate threat to, again, have another double-double. Will Richardson is their point guard. Seems like he's been there forever. He's probably the second guy I'd be interested in playing. And then Keyshawn Bartholomew is another guy that I would be interested in playing at the right price tag. He's kind of their third option offensively, but he's a guy that can fill up the stat sheet in a variety of ways. Alabama is a team that we want to, you know, kind of target in these games as they are currently ranked 13 in Ken Palm and 17 in Tempo. They have a clearly defined big two offensively, and that is Brandon Miller and Mark Sears. Both of those guys will be locks in my lineup if they are under $8,000. Noah Clowney currently averages double-digit rebounds, and he doesn't score a whole lot. So he's a guy that's interesting to play because, like, dude, you're getting all these offensive rebounds. Just go right back up with it. Get yourself two points as well. So um, he's a guy that I think at the right price tag I would be very interested in. And then you got Michigan State, who is currently 22 in Ken Palm and 294 in Tempo. And we've talked about the Spartans before. They are very starting five heavy. Hauser, Hall, Walker, Hogard, and Sissoko all play heavy minutes, all have heavy usage. They're all options to play. Check the prices before, you know, because one of them is going to be a better value than the others, plain and simple. So just check the prices before you plug them in. But I'm not interested in anybody outside of those five. All right, that does it for the Phil Knight Invitational, and that does it for our 24-team holiday tournament preview. So um, hopefully gave you guys a lot of information and a lot of names that as you set your lineups Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you now know a little bit more about who the guys you are putting in. And um, hopefully I gave you guys some guys that you can definitely put in those lineups. If you don't want to build your own lineups and you just want to use mine, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you follow me on Twitter for extra stats and facts at Mike's Money Picks. All right, so that does it for this podcast, guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you got some information. And stay tuned on the episode feed for some more episodes of different sports. I will see you guys next time.